0: The Start On Demand. Hey, hey, it's GMAC. On behalf of Brett McGarry and Loren McNabb, this is The Start On Demand. A little bit of an extra helping of The Start, which you can hear live 6 a.m. till 10 a.m. on 680 CJOB. Today is Giving Tuesday. We will talk about a couple of different ways you can... Support Incredible work happening in our community, organizations that go above and beyond the call of duty on our behalf. The base store at Portage and Memorial shut its doors for the final time last night. What's the future hold for that building and the rest of downtown? Breakfast with the Bombers. Wade Miller joins us. And an app that allows you to get that picture with Santa Claus after all. Let's get right down to business. It's the Start On Demand, starting now. It is the start on this giving Tuesday. Mackling and McNabb with you, McGarry, back on Monday. The moon is Almost as bright, it's not as big, much higher in the sky this morning, Loren, but beautiful nonetheless, looks like it's going to be a nice week, but Giving Tuesday, for those that have not heard of it, what is it?
1: Well, it's a day, you know, we have Black Friday where so many people spend money uh or used to traditionally, you know, run to the stores on the Friday, the last Friday of November. And so that's sort of become an annual tradition for many. It used to be this American thing, I think, for the most part. And then it really kind of took a hold in Canada as well. And then, of course, that led to the creation of Cyber Monday, uh, which uh, had people going online, which, of course, more people are doing now than ever because of our restrictions. And so years ago, this concept of a Giving Tuesday was created as a way to, Uh, encourage people to donate if you've spent a lot of money over the past few days in preparations for the holidays well do you have any leftover hopefully Mm. you have some leftover to give back on giving tuesday and so december 1st is obviously the first tuesday uh this calendar year but it's it's usually the first tuesday of december following uh, uh black friday and yeah here we are um I think that we're going to hope throughout the day here at CGOB to sort of share some stories of so many wonderful groups in our community that are always working hard to try to find dollars and stretch those dollars to get to the people who need it most in a wide variety of ways. But now more than ever, perhaps need your help because I think the needs are greater but also the challenges for them to just fundraise in this climate, as we know, is um, in some cases might feel like it's impossible.
0: Yeah, Habitat for Humanity. will get into their story. I know it's a cause very important to you, Lorraine. you spent time on their building sites over the years and the incredible work they've done in our community since coming here and uh, at 7.37, a little bit of a different twist with Breakfast with the Bombers, we will speak with Wade Miller, the president and CEO of the Winnipeg Football Club, and discuss their relationship with Habitat for Humanity, or rather uh, Winnipeg Harvest, uh, and also something that they're doing, Loren, to honour frontline workers. They had that incredible initiative at the beginning of the year, the Heroes of Championship Way, and they were taking those comic book characters that had been created by Winnipegger living in Chicago now, or probably, well, I guess he's not a Winnipegger. He's a Brandonite. I got to make sure I uh, credit the, the proper Rapper community. you You know what? I better not do that ever again. <laughs> Israel Adonijah, the former Chicago Bears, got those incredible uh, characters that he created, uh, like uh, superhero style, like comic book fashion of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And uh, they also did, uh, I think it was four individuals from the community they turned into comic book hero. so we'll speak with wade miller about that but as you likely heard in jeff braun's news by now a winnipeg mom maria hubarchuk had just finished putting up her christmas decorations in her college avenue home sunday evening when a fire broke out in her furnace room she has two teenage boys and they got out safely with their pets but most of the contents of their home are lost now complicating the issues the fact that her insurance had lapsed earlier this year she'd been laid off during the spring shutdown and and couldn't afford to make her payments on her house insurance she's already had friends and neighbors step up and well surprise surprise a 680 cjob listener his name is Gord, called to offer to pay for her home insurance for a year listen to this you know, it is a
2: season to give and um, I know my wife and I and our family always look for um, things where we can give back because we are so blessed through this uh, time of year.
1: How many of us feel like that this time of year? Thank you, Gord, for that generosity in helping her out. But also we know a neighbor has stepped up to set up a GoFundMe page for the family. That's a common um move these in these situations to help focus out. And it's so great to hear people doing what they can. You know, we always think about, oh, well, it's nothing, right? It's not that big a deal. Well, that might just be a game changer. Those few dollars and cents might be the difference. You know, how many times have we done fire insurance story, Greg? And someone says, well, it's not that much money per month, you know, 15, 20, 25 bucks per month, depending on what you're, where you're living. Well, that might be all that person has at the end of that month, get, especially now, if you've lost your job, if you're working or you're struggling to get your, your life back on track in the midst of this pandemic $25 a month $15 a month you know that that's that's a huge chunk of change and so you're making those choices that might be life or death choices because that's all you have right is it food on the table or is it that insurance policy is it the shoes for your kid or is it that piece of paper that you need to keep the rent going I mean those are decisions many people are making right now and we want to highlight a few charities this year that um maybe can encourage all of us to give back because like, hey, how many stories have we done in the last week where Manitobans really are Stepping up to the plate.
0: Oh, there are tons of them. And, of course, uh, that was highlighted on Friday. The Radiothon of Hope and Healing, uh, presented by Vicker Automotive Group, St. Boniface Hospital Foundation, uh, went well beyond their goal of $155,000. They went to one sixty-five and $1. I mean, I've got to find out what the deal is with that $1. Because for the last couple of years, uh, whatever round number they have, there's always $1 at the end. And i got to sense there's somebody special who's given... Giving that last dollar because the, the the saying there is every dollar counts and and they build on one another. All right, I don't know how many of us are having coffee, but that's the name of this uh, segment right now: having coffee, talking. Greg Mackling, Lorraine McNabb, Kelly Moore, I'm Jeff Braun, coffee. Jeff Fortune. Where did you get the coffee from? Uh, Cafe McNabb upstairs. Cafe
1: McNabb upstairs. Yeah, I sneak in there and
0: do they deliver a lot of
1: noise? <laughs> you know what? I should make a plan for that someday for you, Jeff. <laughs> I could do the show from the, the road. We could call the segment yeah. Delivering Coffee.
0: Oh, that's a, that's a good idea. Now I uh, just have, have to leave it at the end of uh, Jeff's sidewalk. Do you not leave the house and go out for your uh, McDonald's coffee in the morning, Jeff?
3: um i have a couple of times since march but now that it's winter i won't be doing that oh okay it's too much bundling up involved to go out for a coffee run
0: so have you figured out how to make the coffee and do you think that'll be a new habit uh once you start coming into the station
3: Uh, i think it will
0: absolutely Okay, I think we have another uh, discussion to have. Today we want to talk about the (laughs) movies that it seems as though everyone else has seen, but you have not. Have you got a list of movies that you're trying to work through or maybe considered writing down so that you can uh, get in with the in crowd? McNabb, why don't we start with you? Because this discussion is really as a result of um, some films that it's almost unimaginable you haven't seen.
1: Well, I think it was about 10 days ago I said I didn't want to get Disney Plus because I already had too many streaming apps and too much screen time and all the rest. And then suddenly last week I was dabbling, taking a look through it and I thought, why on earth do I not have this going on on my TV? So uh, last night we started watching Toy Story, which I hadn't seen any of them, but I'm not embarrassed to admit that. Uh, In fact, we started, I think, at Toy Story 4 and that's fine. I can catch up. I'll figure it out. What I'm really struggling to catch up on now and and I cannot believe I've gone this long in life without watching this, is, Forche, do you have the music handy? Yeah, I have not seen Star Wars. Okay, look, our
0: job, our life, our (laughs) world is words. Kelly Moore, I have no words right now.
3: Why? Not everybody's everybody's into space movies i watched the first star wars it's not a space uh,
1: movie i've only seen two
0: star wars
3: thank you oh my huh. god <laughs> i've never seen star trek a- at all me ever. too so yeah it's it's not my gig but
1: i'm driving everybody so, crazy in my house i have seen the one with the ewoks but that's it and then of course <laughs> they the played <laughs> i agree and then it's well i have no basis for that statement but uh <laughs> Uh, so we decided, because Disney has them all, to watch it in the order that they came out. So we're starting with the first one in 1977, and I'm driving everybody crazy in my house. Even the kids know. I'm like, who's that? Is that Skywalker? Who's that? Is that Anakin? Who's Darth Vader? What's that guy? In the- Is that a clone trooper? A store trooper? Like, I- I- I'm embarrassed, but we're trying.
3: You should be embarrassed. Uh, Jeff Braun? Um, I, my list has always been extensive. Right now, I'm really going back. I'm going to watch Citizen Kane for the first time this week. On my list! On, because on Friday, there's a new uh, David Fincher movie, the director of Seven, Fight Club, and Gone Girl, called Mank, coming out on Netflix, which is about the making of Citizen Kane, specifically uh-huh. uh, screenwriter Herman Mankiewicz. So I've got that project going on. I've also recently been trying to catch up on my Hitchcock. I'd have only seen i only seen a few, so there was actually a marathon on Turner Classic Movies over think- U.S. Thanksgiving, so I got I watched three on the weekend. I got ten more or so on my PVR. I got a bunch of those to do. And just in the last couple of years, I was in the same boat as Loren. I had some really embarrassing holes that I've been trying to fill. And I've seen for the first time, and now many times since, Notting Hill, Marley and Me, Field of Dreams. I also saw. Pretty Woman, The Terminators, Top Gun, My Cousin Vinny, all for the first time in the last couple of years. So I've been having a really good time catching up on some classics.
0: Well, if you have not seen all of those, I, I think there's no shame in seeing, uh, not seeing a bunch of those. Kelly Moore, before we let you uh, run off and uh, compose some more sports.
3: Uh, the Godfather would probably be mm. right at near the top of that list, and Gone with the Wind as well would probably be another one that I sh- should try to watch before I depart this good old Earth. <laughs>
0: you know, I, I I was going to say that was uh, the prerequisite or or the deadline for this, but I, I just decided to say until we stop watching movies. Forche, have you got time to share with us? Oh, anything? well, I,
1: I'm playing the Godfather music, because uh,
0: <laughs> that's what I was going to pick, is the Godfather. But there's so many movies I haven't Seen like a lot of the classic bonds with Sean Connery. I haven't seen any of those. Uh, The Sound of Music, huh? A deer, a female deer. That's from The Sound (laughs) of Music, right? Yes. yes. You
1: haven't seen that? I have. That's a Christmas
0: Eve classic, is it not? Isn't it usually on? Well, it used to be when we were kids on TV on Christmas Eve. I think. I think it still is. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe New Year's Eve. I don't know. Keep your text messages rolling in. They're starting to come in. Uliana says, The Big Lebowski, The Green Mile, and The Sixth Sense. She blames it on a former love interest who didn't like seeing Ooh. new movies. So uh, keep, uh, what?
1: What? Yeah, what? And Tony has just texted to ask, what rock do I live under? <laughs> what, what rock do you live under? I think, uh, he didn't specify me, but I'm pretty sure it was directed at me.
0: On this Tuesday morning, as uh, we find a lighthearted way to get through the week in Lorraine. maybe our hearts will be a little bit fuller because, of course, today is Giving Tuesday. It's considered by many to be the most wonderful time of the year, but for many Manitobans, it's a struggle to find joy in the holiday season.
1: And so we want to try to bring some joy to folks today because we know the needs out there are massive. And of course, we know the needs for so many organizations, nonprofits, charities that help our families and friends get through some of these tougher times. Their needs are also massive right now, perhaps more than ever. And so we're going to highlight a bunch of groups that are working hard in our community today. And we want to start with Habitat for Humanity. They work year-round trying to put families into homes, but the building billets that builds those homes, well, that relies on people getting together. And the fundraising traditionally has relied on people getting together. And so we want to walk through some of the things, innovative ways they're Working to at least bring the dollars and people together virtually, and we're joined now by Michelle Pereira, Vice President of Marketing Communications and Philanthropy for Habitat for Humanity Manitoba. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning. Well, thanks for taking the time so early. You're, you're always the first one to agree to the seven o seven slot. So first of all, I appreciate that. Thank you. You're, you're well. I always <laughs> like to be first. So. <laughs> That's a good way of looking at it. Well, let's start with what you guys do for folks that don't know. How many homes are you still hoping to build for Manitobans this year? And, and give us a little bit of background on how it works.
4: Yeah, so we build uh, homes for families to purchase. And we, they purchase them at a fair market value. And we just help them uh, make the terms of the mortgage affordable. Um, but basically this year, our plan was to build 23 homes in the province. And we're probably going to be able to start, well, we have started um fifteen. So our plan when COVID happened um was a lot more business plan, but we were able to, to start that many, which is still very good.
0: We're 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 happy about that. So
4: yeah, so so basically the families purchase the home at fair market value and then they pay it based on their income.
0: So, Michelle, for a lot of people, they may not realize this is the organization that Jimmy Carter, of course, was so uh, integral in. He was uh, here in uh, Winnipeg several years ago, was hospitalized. That, of course, made international news. But I can remember in 1987 when it was announced that Habitat for Humanity was going to be building. I I think it might have started with one house, maybe uh, less than a handful. And now here we are in 2020, 426 houses later. It is quite the legacy?
4: Yeah, so uh, you know, actually in the province we're over 400 in Manitoba that we've built, so uh, we're pretty excited about that. Serving a lot of families and a whole bunch of kids that are having a better future for sure.
1: It makes such a big difference, Michelle, you know, and having had the chance to meet some of these families and and mm-hmm. i I think every single year when you connect with them, you can really see what it means to give them the four walls of their own and a place to have dinner with the family, and you get so many applications. Yeah. I'm curious what the need is this year are you are you hearing from even more Manitobans looking for help?
4: well, I mean I don't you know the need is is is, is has been significant before, and I think it will be even more now that we've been experiencing this pandemic. I mean, you've been there, you've been on the build sites and, and having kids see their room for the first time is is something incredible to experience. And I would welcome anybody to, to have that experience. But I think that, you know, we have families that reach out to us every single day. I don't know if it's more or less, but I think, I think the economic impact of COVID will be experienced six months to a year from now, more so than it is in the immediate eight months that we've been into it. So I think that um, the need will be be great and it'll just, it'll just probably look a little bit different and the audience might be a little bit different than what we've experienced before. So.
0: Well, the opportunity to own your own home is truly life saving. Michelle, what are you doing differently this year? How can people get involved before we let you run here?
4: Yeah so we um we were still able to host some volunteers we right now what we have going on is a the women build group which Lauren's been involved in um is doing can, with Lacoste uh garden center and they you can go online and purchase a um uh basket thing that you do for christmas is that you stick on your step i'm losing but i've lost the name of it but um you can buy it for 75 dollars, and then that's going to help build the women build house and then we have um some virtual events coming up that are going to be cycling events that are going to be virtual so you can uh the coldest night of the year is in february but you know we're, we're obviously giving tuesday you can just give online and just like every other charity and you know what i what we encourage people to do is is pick a charity that matters to you because they all matter and just give today because today is such an important day for, for organizations to experience. And so whatever is meaningful for you, I mean, if Habitat's one of them, we appreciate that, but we, we certainly think that just giving is, makes you feel good, and it helps so many
0: people. Well, what just a wonderful for- message, Michelle, to, mm-hmm. to be Thank sharing you. the platform that you have right now and to say whichever organization <laughs> makes you feel good, uh, a way to do yeah. it. Lauren, you wanted to jump in here?
1: I just wanted to jump in and say it's Holiday Planter because I looked oh, into yeah. this, and I'm, I'm going to buy in because, I, as you know, I'm, I'm not handy on the build sites. I'm not going to surprise you to know, Michelle. I'm not super handy. <laughs> In the craft site. And so this is basically a do-it-yourself kit pickup from LaCoste, $75. You can register up until tomorrow. That money goes to Habitat for Humanity. And then you get this beautiful holiday planter, birch poles, mixed greens, some ribbon. And I think they teach us how to do it, which is even better. So if people want to buy into that. video call, yeah.
0: Very good. Michelle Pereira, thank you for everything you do. Thanks for joining us this morning.
4: Oh, thanks for having us, as always. You guys are amazing. Thank
0: you. Habitat for the Humanity, you can hit them up online, habitat.mb.ca. <laughs> 373 days and counting since the Winnipeg Blue Bombers claimed the 107th Grey Cup Championship in Calgary. That is likely small comfort, Loren, to the president and CEO of the football club, who would love to be here talking about all the back-to-back Grey Cup Champions uh, merchandise that is on sale. That, of course, being in a perfect world.
1: But you can still get some of that merchandise we can still have some football talk and of course we can take the conversation to other great things the blue bombers are doing in our community and we're joined now by wade miller good morning wade
2: good morning we're what? still uh selling a lot of great cup merchandise uh, and bomber merchandise so
1: i i um, have no doubt that's a good uh christmas purchase and uh, even some stocking stuffers i can imagine
2: well our team's doing a great job with curbside pickup and uh you know just adapting like every other business is right now and uh but, yeah, it's uh, the, uh, you know, Black Friday and then Cyber Monday were just unbelievable, actually, for the football club. So it's great. Oh. And still so opportunity for people. And we'll get them delivered in the city for you.
1: That's awesome to hear. Can I put in an extra quit request for you to bring it to the curb for me, Wade? Is that a like an a bonus payment I can make?
2: That, so when are you placing <laughs> your order today? <laughs>
1: I'll let you know. I'll send you I'll put a note in and be like, I okay. expect a hand delivery by Wade Miller. Well, sounds like challenge
0: <laughs> challenge has been uh, laid down, challenge accepted. I, I like it very much. Hey uh uh, Wade, uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, work that the Blue Bombers have done with Winnipeg Harvest over the year. I know it's a big uh, thing for a lot of folks. Part of their game day routine is bringing a tin for the bin or throwing a fiver in the in the can in support of Harvest.
2: Yeah, it, obviously, uh, you know, we've uh, partnered with Harvest for, you know, I think over 20 years now, and uh, obviously not having games is a little different for us, so we found other ways. Uh, we did uh you know initially um in the spring we had a a harvest shirt which our fans and uh voted on which which shirt to make and and then they purchased the shirts and the uh, partial proceeds went to winnipeg harvest and then um also some uh we did a promotion of masks as well to find a way to still raise money for harvest and uh went very well and uh you know obviously all the charities uh, need our support more than ever in 2020. And uh, we're also, uh, you know, found a way to uh, sell an item in retail for cancer care as well. And Lawson's uh, uh, sales, a great uh, equipment manufacturer of uh, a Kubota in the city here or, or a reseller of it uh, matched all those donations as well. So, um, you know, we're still finding a way uh, and just being creative like everyone else is uh, to support those uh those causes that we work with every year. Yeah,
1: every year you do so many things for kids too. Kids are brought in, flown in from different communities for games. I know your players do a lot of travel up north traditionally in the past, and and I think it's it's worth reminding folks just the kind of work that sports uh, and teams like yours do in our community to sort of keep the the charity and the love flowing. And that must be hard for some of the the your community people and your staff, Wade, who spend so much time really on that side of the field, working with the community to bring, to, to give back.
2: Yeah, it is for sure. I mean, first and foremost, our players are unbelievable in terms of the time that they give uh, to the, to the different initiatives that we have uh, with the club throughout the years, the ones you just mentioned. And and it's really about our players and the investment they make back into the community, which, you know, some are are from here, but most aren't. and, And they really, you know, uh, embrace this community and CFL players and bomber players are really accessible. And and that's the difference you see uh, from other pro sports. And, um, and that's, uh, you know, something real special for, for all different types of charities and for the kids and the youth. And, uh, you know, it's obviously much different. We've had to pause all of our youth football uh, programs, um, which is understandable, but, uh, you know, look forward to getting back and doing those types of things. And, um, you know, a year ago, we gave away 1,500 footballs to kids to get them out to go play football, uh, to get moving. So, you know, those types of initiatives will uh, bring back at the right time.
1: Wade, oh, we'll you,
0: oh, Wade the, the relationship that Winnipegers have with the football team and, and players uh, from yesteryear, from your days, from the Grey Cup champion team in 2019, and, and Chris Trevler, you know, is obviously excelling and and doing some special things uh, in the camp of the uh, Arizona Cardinals right now. And his legacy is one that I don't think will be soon forgotten. I've got a text message here from one of our listeners. He's got a marketing idea, and I think it's a pretty solid one. Do you mind if I share it on the air? I'll go ahead. He says, um, ask Wade Miller if they will do a Chris Strebler bobblehead in his cowboy hat and fur coat. Would sell like crazy. I think that's a winner, Wade.
2: Well, I I don't disagree. That's a winner. Um, I, I'm not sure people can handle having that in, in their homes. <laughs> they, yeah. I, too I much, think be, It'd be I Too think much. That should be left for legend and folklore that everyone will remember.
0: All right. That'd
2: well, a party. So, okay, yeah.
0: we'll consider it tabled. Uh, you, you know, yeah. whatever you want to do with that idea, uh, I think probably all Mark will ask for is uh, one complimentary. If it comes to fruition, we have to ask you Fair about the, the stuff you're doing for uh, frontline workers. That's something that was uh, really uh, prominent at the beginning of this pandemic. With your heroes of championship way, uh, that extraordinary uh, adventure and uh, celebrating the 90th uh, anniversary of the of the football club. What are you doing for frontline workers?
2: Yeah. So, those, you know, you mentioned the two we did earlier this year and, uh, with, uh, with Canada Life, we partnered up and, uh, we're giving away, uh, $50,000 of $25 vouchers right now. So 2,000 vouchers are beginning given away to frontline workers for the bomber store, which Canada Life, uh, partnered with us on. Um, and we asked our season ticket members to tell us who we should take them to. Uh, and the response has been unbelievable. Um, and, you know, covering from, uh, you know, grocery store workers to people in the transportation industry to obviously people in our healthcare industry, you know, uh, industry. Uh, so right across the board of frontline workers. Um, so just a great initiative to do with Canada Life at this time, um, you know, and, and remember those frontline workers that are out there. And, uh, you know, when you everyone that knows somebody that's frontline work, just take a moment and say thank you.
0: Wade Miller, that's an extraordinary uh, initiative and uh, great to share a few laughs with you this morning on this uh, Giving Tuesday. We appreciate it greatly.
2: No problem, and I wait to see Lorraine this afternoon. So. Hey, I'm right. on
1: BlueBomberStore.com right now, so just trying okay, to figure don't, it out.
2: And you better spend a, a few dollars, too. Don't be sending <laughs> me off for, uh, you know, like, like a, a, like a, a top socket or something or a toque. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you got to step up, McNabb. Thanks, right, Wade. Right. Appreciate it. Thanks. billion, that's the projected current deficit for the country, the government of Canada, Loren.
1: Yeah, and that $382 billion, that doesn't include the billions the federal government is still planning to spend on its economic recovery plan into 2021 and and the years after that. Bottom line, these are our tax dollars, your tax dollars, and as the government grapples with how to spend them and how to best help, many are also asking, how is it going to gauge when it's time to turn the taps off or back on again? Global National's Abigail Beeman is in Ottawa and joins us now. Good morning, Abigail. Good morning. So this $382 billion, are we considering the possibility that this could go even higher? More than
5: considering, yes, it's uh, pretty likely for a few reasons. First of all, the government uh, made a point of, of, of offering a few different projections because, as we all know, nobody knows where exactly the pandemic is going to go. Uh, but uh, the other thing to note is that the Christopher Freeland, the finance minister and deputy prime minister, said yesterday and put in the fiscal update that once the virus is under control, because remember, of course, the pandemic is the priority right now, but once the virus is under control she is committing a further three to four percent of gdp in stimulus spending which translates to between another 70 and 100 billion dollars so uh spending is not going to stop anytime soon
0: what has the reaction been in ottawa obviously uh we are in the middle of a pandemic i have heard christia freeland uh, yesterday she mentioned uh the the record low uh, interest rates as a consideration in this
5: yeah that's an important point that's why the government says that uh, this is the right time to be doing this kind of spending because of of, of all those factors uh, globally that make it appealing uh, to do so in high interest rates uh, chief among them but uh, the uh, in terms of the reaction from opposition won't surprise you that there's been criticism uh, from the from the other side of the aisle the conservative leader Aaron O'Toole very focused in his criticisms that there isn't enough in this document about uh, vaccine update. So no details on the rollout of the vaccine, no details on uh, how people will uh, get the vaccine, uh, just short on details there and cost of the of vaccine as well. The government has not given details of these contracts that it's been uh, signing, citing uh, com- competitiveness concerns. So Aaron O'Toole says you can't have uh, an economic recovery without a pandemic recovery. He did support some things like the uh, boost to the Canada Child Benefit, which he's taken Credit for it's because it was in his leadership uh, platform. Then you have uh, the NDP leader Jagmeet Singh, who is also basically saying that the Liberals aren't going far enough, aren't doing enough to help people directly, aren't doing enough to help jobs uh, outside of Ottawa or outside of, of uh, Parliament Hill. I should say the airlines are not very happy with what's in this economic update. There is some money, uh, or and namely uh, rent relief and and development money promised, but it's really targeted for smaller airports. Uh, smaller airlines uh, and the uh, government says that it's continuing to figure out some sort of financial aid uh, for for the larger airlines but uh, we we haven't seen it yet
1: before we let you go abigail we have just 20 seconds has there been a timeline given on when we might have a more details on either that vaccine or how ottawa plans to spend some of this money for an economic recovery plan
5: uh, well, the short answer is no on the vaccine in terms of how uh, in, and no as well in terms of how Ottawa plans to spend in that longer term picture. There are details for some of these uh, programs that they are planning to roll out or to continue, such as a big one being putting that wage subsidy back up to 75 percent. And the government's committing to do that uh, until the middle of March.
0: Abigail Beeman joining us from Ottawa. Thank you as always. Thanks. Start this hour with change. Change is coming to Portage Avenue, a huge stretch of it, in fact. But when, how, and who will bring it all remains to be seen, Loren.
1: Yeah, as we've been telling you here on 680 CGOB, the Bay officially closed its doors last night, which was actually a few months ahead of schedule. And so what the future of that building holds has been a source of great debate for years now. And it's not the only building we have our eyes on this morning. Just down the block, Portage Place is slated for 400 million dollars in renovations and redevelopment but we know those plans have also hit a slight snag with starlight confirming in an email to me this morning that they have received an extension on due diligence plans that were actually supposed to be completed by the end of november and they now have an extension uh, into the new year on those plans and so we've got lots to talk about this morning with the executive director of the downtown biz kate fenske good morning kate good morning Let's start with the Bay. Uh, In your mind, is there a timeline that you'd like to see us hit in terms of bringing in investors to take a serious look at redevelopment there? Because no one really wants that building, that huge space to sit vacant too long.
6: Absolutely. You know, and it's one of the first questions I always get is what do we do about the bay? Um, And and I think that's a great question that our community needs to be asking right now. And conversations have already started. I've been chatting with um, the city of Winnipeg, including the mayor's office, um, other organizations as well about, you know, coming together and talking about what is um, the right path forward. So I think it's really critical. I wouldn't say there's a timeline of when we need to figure this out, by, but we do know from HBC that they have said they do want to work with the city to find the right opportunity. Um, so I think that's really uh, promising as we look forward in figuring out what is the best fit for our downtown. Hey Kate,
0: do, can you give us a sense of what those conversations look like, at least in terms of what the building might look like? Do you anticipate that from the outside it'll look much the same or are we talking blocking the possibility of perhaps, dare I, I, I suggest, finding a way to take that building down and redevelop the property. What, what, what concentrations are those discussions having?
6: You know, I wouldn't say the conversation is that far along at this stage, but it's really important that we do look at all options. We know the bay has heritage status, and it's really important to to, to keep what is such an iconic building a part of our downtown. But we know that we also have to shift and change with the times and figuring out what is the best use for it. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of options on the table, and it's really important that we're having that conversation now So if the opportunity does come along with someone that wants to, you know, look at figuring out what that should be, whether it's housing um, or other things for the Bay, um, we can have that conversation. But we know exactly what we want and what's going to be the right fit.
1: Speaking of pivoting and changing with the times, I just mentioned briefly uh, in before bringing you on, Kate, the idea that Starlight, the developers behind Portage Place, they, they've got that extension on some of their redevelopment plans. And, and while they say they remain excited about the future of that site, the fact remains we are in a pandemic. And so is it possible that we'll see some of those plans alter or change, perhaps less retail space given the current climate? Climate. What can you tell us about where we're at with that?
6: You know, I think it, it's important to remember that um, these major mega projects do take time. And again, there's so many different moving parts to it, including the, you know, public washrooms and the community space. And there's a housing component where they're going to be building towers. And we, as you mentioned, Lauren, we are in a pandemic. So we've seen delays on things. And we've seen other things move really quickly, including some of the funding that the federal government has provided during during this time, um, as well as funding from the province and the city for businesses. So I'm not surprised that, that we're seeing enough extension here for, for the Portage Place redevelopment. Um, but as far as I'm aware, in terms of my understanding, what the project looks like, there haven't been many changes. Um, you know, So there is still a lot of work to be done, but it is that missing piece of uh, federal funding support that, that we're still awaiting. 300
0: main uh, is starting to really take shape now as that crane reaches above any other building on the winnipeg skyline kate so let's talk about some positivity that's going to represent 400 or so rental units on the market in downtown winnipeg condos continue to go up are there more people living downtown or are there more people considering moving downtown
6: Yeah, it's interesting. We just pulled together um, a whole bunch of data, pretty much everything we could find this summer, and we put it together in a, a 2020 snapshot of what our downtown looks like. Um, there's about 16,000 people living downtown right now and another 2,000 are expected to move into the next two years. So that is uh, thanks to some of the big projects that you mentioned, including 300 Main, which will soon be the tallest building in Winnipeg. So I think as challenging as this year has been, and we know the next few months are going to continue being a challenge for businesses, that's why it's so critical that there is additional support to keep those businesses around so they can ride the second wave of COVID-19. So we can capitalize really on this one, momentum that we have you know if you look at the combined construction value on projects that are underway or on the table right now it's about a billion dollars for downtown so that includes 300 main and portage place redevelopment Um, the bay is not even part of that package yet so there's a lot of great things happening downtown but we do need to be able to support the businesses right now so we can make it through these next few months and then see the momentum pick up again downtown
0: Kate Finsky, she is the president, the CEO of the downtown Winnipeg biz. Kate, as always, thank you for this. And it was uh, great to finish the discussion on a positive note.
6: Take care. Thank you both.
0: Always great to speak with you. Well, then, downtown Winnipeg, uh, Loren, I am 51 years old, and I have to tell you, I remember the discussions around the original Portage place and what they were going to do with the north side of Portage. This is decades, decades decades-long conversation about what to do downtown in Winnipeg.
1: Same with the Bay. I think when I moved back to Manitoba in twenty. 10. One of my first stories when I came back to Global Winnipeg was rumors about what might happen with the bay. So we're going back 10 years at least in, in my recollection for those conversations, but we know they've been around a lot longer. Department stores and the future changing spaces for retail. So it's a big one to be have, but an important one. That's, those are two key landmarks on that Portage Avenue stretch. for many families the family picture of the year is the kids maybe visiting the mall santa to sit on his knee you'll have babies laughing kids crying kids running in circles and honestly they're all awesome and they're all not happening that way this year which is why an email we received this week caught our attention it went no mall no problem mom to the rescue with santa picks app and that mom is sharon Knudsen, and she joins us now good morning sharon Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for taking the time. Tell us about your family first. How many kids do you have? I have two children. And so do you have family pictures on the wall that include Santa already? Like how many over the years? We
7: do. Um, We've actually taken our children to the mall every single year since they were born. And so my daughter's 13 and my son is 10. And so every year at Christmas, we line up the entire years of Santa photos and look at how the children have grown
0: I have some uh, good news for you, Sharon. I was uh, preparing this show, as I do every morning, very early this morning, and our national program, which airs overnight, is called The Shift, and they were talking about your app on the national program this morning. So, Oh,
7: that's so exciting.
0: You may be receiving some contact from folks outside of Winnipeg. Tell us uh, about this and how you went about creating it.
7: Sure. I first came up with the idea this summer. Um, When I was thinking ahead to Christmas and realizing I might miss out on the annual Santa picture, I became really sad. So I work in the software development industry and have been exposed to augmented reality. And I shared my idea with a bunch of team members, and I thought maybe we can create a great app that would allow people to stay home and stay safe, but also get that great picture with Santa. And the app is very cool because it allows you to take as many pictures as you want, And you can also add props to your scene as well. So you can add a poinsettia or a reindeer, a Christmas tree, fun things like that. So it really lets you customize your photos.
1: So how do I do this? Is it just a matter of downloading the app? Is it a payment that I make? How does it work, Sharon?
7: Yeah, the the Santa Picks app is available in the App Store and Google Play. And it's available, the cost is $1.39. And we also have a website, SantaPixapp.com. And if I could also mention, there's a portion of the app, too, that allows people to dance with Santa. So it takes a 15-second video, and you can post your dances to TikTok, social media, and have lots of fun with it.
0: Okay, Sharon. So how long have you been an app developer?
7: This is my very first app. Um, I've helped other clients develop apps, but this is my first
0: one. Well, tell us about that and tell us how long you've been involved in this in this world, because I think for a lot of us, it's brand new in the notion of maybe conceptualizing an app, but then getting it either A to market or getting it out to the public would be another venture altogether. How'd you go about it?
7: Absolutely yes. As I said, I shared the idea with my business partners, and they loved it, and they were on board right away. And so we created a team. There's 11 of us, and we got started working on it actually in July, and you know worked really hard for three and a half months on the app. Uh, We had designers and programmers and digital marketers and a PR person involved. So there's lots of different moving parts, and it's been a lot of fun to learn along the way.
1: So some of the people helping you out, you mentioned uh, it. Decent software or First Descent software. I'm getting that wrong. That's the pronunciation, correct? Yes. Yes. First Descent software. Yep. That's so great to to have this experience, I think, Sharon, for you. Have you done it with your kids then? Have you got a bunch of pictures already made?
7: Oh, we have. We've taken so many pictures. And this year was extra special because our dog was in the pictures with us as well. And it was extra special, too, because I was able to print the pictures. You can buy the print sh- pictures in the app and then have them shipped. So I shipped them to my mom and my sister and some other relatives as well.
0: Wow, it sounds like you've covered all the bases, including uh, thinking about others, uh, everybody, including including others, is what I'm trying to say.
7: <laughs> well, yeah, I really tried. I'm, I'm doing my best, and I'm having a lot of fun. and. Yeah, I hope uh, people can use the app and stay home and stay safe.
1: Before I let you go, we let you go, Sharon. Just, I think I someone mentioned that some of the proceeds to go to charity or to an, uh, an organization that's near and dear to us? Yes, absolutely.
7: Uh, a portion of the net proceeds are going to go to the Canadian Red Cross Violence Prevention Program, and this program helps uh, fight bullying and violence against children. And I've personally been donating to the Red Cross for over a decade. They're a very special organization. And dear to my heart.
0: Well, that's where I was trying to get us very clumsily, but you picked up the ball very well there, Loren. Sharon, congratulations on this. And one more time, what's the name of the app and the website that people can go to in order to, uh, to uh, get cracking and uh, get some Santa photos taken?
7: The name of the app is Santa Pix, and it's available in the App Store and Google Play. And the website is SantaPixapp.com.
0: Outstanding, Sharon Knutson. Thank you again for your time, and uh, best of luck. Keep us uh, in, in the loop in terms of how many people are downloading the app, and and how far afield uh, you're getting response on this. Okay.
7: Oh, thanks so much. I will. And happy holidays.
0: And a happy holidays to you. What a great idea! Don't you just love the notion of coming up with an idea and putting it into practice, Loren?
1: Yeah, and again, when we talk about things that change and are changing in our future as a result of this pandemic, you might see a whole group of people. It is a rite of passage to go sit on Santa's knee for sure, but for the kids who find that more challenging than the others, this uh, might be the way to go. Yeah, that's a really good point. I do enjoy what One of my favorite photos remains the one where one of my sons is <laughs> losing it.
0: You're saving that one for his wedding,
2: I'm uh, sure.
1: It is a good one. <laughs>